0: This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park.
1: Hello everybody and welcome back to the Royal Blue Podcast where, uh, well, here we are again. <laughs> another, another Everton disappointment to talk about this time. Everton knocked out of the FA Cup, but not just knocked out, kind of embarrassingly. Knocked out in really disappointing fashion with a 4-0 defeat at Selhurst Park on Sunday. Following the uh, the recent trend of Everton Games, where they actually started the match well, but one setback seemed to really badly affect them and and they never really recovered from that point on. Uh, I'm your host, Adam Jones, uh, joined today again by Chris Beasley and Gav Buckland to try and dissect what, what exactly happened in uh, in South London. And you know, Chris will We'll start with you. You were sat next to me, yeah. in a uh, in Selhurst Park, and you know, as I, as as I've just said there, you know, it, it kind of followed the recent trend that we've seen from Everton, didn't it? You know, actually started the match in the in the right sort of fashion, uh, but midway through the first half, they kind of lost their way, and they just never really showed any sort of fight to get back to that point, did they? Yeah, because <clears throat> like you said, see uh, difficult circumstances, FA Cup quarter
0: final. You know, Crystal Palace's fans are going to be up for it. They're going to create a big atmosphere in there, which they did. But well, Everton started the better of the sides. They had the, the the best the early chances or the, the early play. It was mostly in the Palace half. Everton pushing forward. It was very encouraging, <coughs> probably until that moment that um, Andros Townsend uh, picked up that injury. But you can't use that as an excuse. Um, it was a, it was a setback. and had plenty of sort of other options on the bench. Obviously, Demaryll Gray. Came on, they had Alex Warby as well. Thursday night's match winner, so it's not. It shouldn't have been a fatal blow to to Everton's chances. Obviously, it was a, it was a setback, but yeah, what one simple goal again? It's routine set piece, easy header, and um, yeah, heads are down. I mean, it shouldn't be the case yet. Yeah, there's setbacks in football all the time. You might concede a goal. I mean, that um, obviously Everton's greatest team that the mid eighties when Candy Gray said, you know, we always felt we we scored first, we'd win. But even if we didn't we'd still win. I mean, that's the sort of, the, it wasn't just that they were great players. They had a great mentality and that, that that will to win. Whereas this team, unfortunately, what, you know, any sort of setback whatsoever and the heads are down and they stay down and that is the biggest concern for me for the rest of the season. I know you put in your verdict, they actually start playing differently once you fall behind and that's, that's something else to discuss. But just that concern over that mental fragility, that, that weakness, that any sort of falling behind and
1: it's game it over and that's, that's ridiculous, No wonder they're in such a, such a perilous position if that's the case. Mm. I mean, Gab, I wrote in my post match piece yesterday that it only actually takes one goal to beat this Everton team, and it's not because they're losing games by you know a, sl- a slim margin every week. It's just the, as Chris rightly says, their one goal seems to just change the mentality in this squad, and they just they just start playing in a completely different fashion. It, like it's it's really frustrating to watch, isn't it?
2: Frustrating and, and boring, isn't it? As soon yeah. as Palace went ahead yesterday, the, the script for the rest of the game was written. You know, was it 25 minutes or something they scored? Um, just yeah. having a look before we came on on air. I think since we equalised against Man United, I think we've gone behind 18 times against top-flight opposition. They've only scored equalised twice. Yeah. I think that was the Arsenal game and the um, Chelsea game. And Chelsea game you're only behind four minutes. Um, so that says it all really, doesn't it? I mean, we yeah. very rarely score when we're getting beat 2-0, do we? <laughs> or, you know, been, you know, a consolation, you know, think of a and I think maybe Brighton. Yeah, it's it's fragility, isn't it? And it was interesting, Lampard spoke about it quite clearly, didn't he, in the in his post match press conference, talking about lack of men- perhaps lack of mentality. Black uh, of some other thing he, he mentioned uh, which is football. <laughs> um, and it was quite interesting them saying that and you get you get the impression probably and it's been boiling up for a while that Lampard is a manager who in the Premier League has played with top players who not only great natural ability but are big characters it's the type of thing that Chris is talking about there in Evan in the mid 80s and He's not the first manager who's been a hugely successful player to become frustrated with players who don't have that same desire, fighting and and will to win that he had. And that's come across in some of his post-match interviews and it certainly came across yesterday. Mm. And I suspect he's hugely frustrated with that at the moment and... He said when but them aren't decided more worryingly that that might take some time to change. I I'd argue that it's very difficult to change. I think attitudes are ingrained in players early on in their career and they don't it's very you know, and they're at a certain level because of those attitudes. I I, I think when you get to your mid late twenties, do do people change? Players change the mentalities? I'm not sure they do. Mm. Haddy Katzick used to say that. You know, that was one of his, that's one of his answers. So they always get young players because you can indoctrinate them. <laughs> when players get into their mid-late 20s, you, you can't do that. Mm. And and I think that's Frank's problem. Players 28, 29, are they all of a sudden going to get a winning mentality, a will to win? I'm not sure they do. Mm. Yeah. You know, younger players maybe, like Anthony Gordon. You know, even like somebody like Ben Godfrey. Mm mentality going to change in all the players I'm not sure it does I'm not sure there's many precedents for that mm. to be honest, and that's a one in thing
1: mm. well I mean we've seen a lot of debate I think about Frank Lampard's post-match comments over mm. over the last 24 hours or so and you were in in the room with him mm. and you've watched Frank Lampard's mm. press conferences over the last few weeks yeah. since he's become Everton manager are you noticing more of a frustration in him in in the in those sort of situations? Because it's it's I don't think it's very often that he calls out his players. I think he did yeah. it like you know very, very a little bit against uh, after the game against Tottenham, but mm. I think yesterday's one was a lot more pointed, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think you're right. There,
0: Adam. Um, it is it is a frustration, and I think the thing is, as a manager like as Gav's alluded to that, it's the one thing you can't change. You can work on, tra- on set pieces on the training ground or certain systems or styles of play that you want to do or different formations. But as Gav says, you can't ultimately change somebody's personality if they're not, you You can try sort of try and make them work harder or realise the situation, but you're not going to give them a, a personality transplant. and. That's the problem with them because so many of them are top players in terms of they had the, the international honors and they're regarded as you know uh, valuable assets. But it's the one thing that if you look, you say, well, how many goals does he score? How many assists? You look at his statue. It, it's the one thing you can't quantify. So I think yeah, he is he is becoming frustrated with that as he realizes. I suppose he's having to play catch up. Whereas the Evertonians have sort of seen this group of players for over a number of years now, and they've seen it as a major deficiency. Frank, as all new managers kind of tend to do, give everyone a clean slate, which is fair enough. And yeah. say you start from here and s- certain players have had a new opportunity. I think out of all the players, people like John Joe Kenny, who wasn't getting a look in at all really under the previous, well, he played a little bit, but, you know, suddenly come back and become regular. So everyone has, has been given that, that clean slate. But yeah, he, he did seem, like you said, that, 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 the use of, use of the swear word, he apologised straight <laughs> away for it. But whatever you want to call it, what he was describing is, that, is their, their character and their, their being up for the fight because they really need to be in a relegation battle. Obviously, yesterday's an FA Cup game, a chance to go to Wembley, but it doesn't bode well against top-flight opposition getting turned over again in that manner. So, yeah, I have, I've I've noticed a, a change and a, it is an increasing frustration as I think he realised it's out of his control to a certain extent. They said it's not something it, they can have a go with him and his staff on the training pitch and try and cajole them to a certain extent. But when something's out of your control as a manager, it, it will be frustrating. And he's pointed out that there are a lot of things, a lot of deficiencies that were before he arrived at the football club, including the the away form and things like that. But yeah, I, I have noticed that and um the interesting to see what he actually does over this international break in terms of working um, with the players. Because yeah, that that is something, as Gav said, that especially with these senior pros, how are you actually going to change that? And um, something we spoke to with Michael Ball for his column we got coming up later, because um, he fears, you know, it, Frank has actually defended his players, said, uh, mm-hmm. you know, where people in the media have, have called them out for uh, deficiencies, but that doesn't seem to work either. You can, it's almost like you can't shame them, unfortunately. Yeah. You, you say, oh, well, you should be doing this, you should be doing that, um, you should be doing so, or even encourage them, you should be doing so much better. Whatever we say, whatever we do, or whether it's Frank Lampard or other pundits, it doesn't
1: seem to change this this problem. Mm. Well, I mean, Gav, I've, I've seen a lot of fans saying that, you know, they, they've seen the sort of comforting approach to this squad of players to try and guide them through over the last couple of weeks. And Lampard's press conference yesterday, I think, was, well, for want of a better phrase, a, a, a turn towards a kick up the arse sort of approach. And, it's something that I've noticed a lot with Antonio Conte, especially over the past couple of months, with Spurs players who have, you know, very similarly been questioned about their mentality uh, over the course of the last few seasons. But Conte seems to get, I, I think, seems to get the right sort of approach in his post-match press conferences. He does. He, he isn't scared of you know calling out these squads of players, and he quite often does get a reaction in their in their next game when he does do something like that. So. Do you think this is something that Lampard maybe needs to embrace about himself and maybe take forward? And if so, do you think the players are going to have the right response to that? It's re- it's really hard to know with this squad, isn't it?
2: Um, yeah. First thing, they're spares. We've got better players. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah, of course.
2: And if you're by and large, if you're a better player, you've got a better mentality. It's what goes with party maker for being a better player. I think, though, Chris talked there about not being able to change mentalities and it's not and a great, it's the manager's control. But a bit like Conte, what you've got to do as a manager and is, is is set the team out in a formation that gets the best out of their abilities and maximises in those in that they're comfortable with to sort of maximise their feel good effect, you know, give, give them a chance mm-hmm. of doing that. Um but and and I think that's what Conte tried to do with Spurs, but I think Lampard, I would I would question as we have done that whether the formations he's put teams out in and the constant changing round of players, even during games, has assisted that morale. I Me and Anthony Gordon played like what left wing back yesterday. But Brian Clough, you know, Harry Katz commented Brian Clough, you said the biggest sin of football is asking a player to do a job that they haven't got the tools to do. And and I'd say that there's been several occasions since Frank came to the club where I'd say maybe there's been, you know, times where that's happened. And I don't, and I think what he needs to do, as you said a couple a couple of pods ago, is just set the team up in the best players playing in the positions that suit the most and then start from there. But with this constant changing and moving the players around, can't help anybody's morale, can it really? Um, you just, he's mm. saying there, uh, what we've done previously hasn't worked, so I'm going to do something different. And Mm. uh, I think that's what a manager can control. I think that Conti does that, spares with better players, that's what Frank needs to do. And uh, if he does that, that might address some of the issues, but obviously not all. But Yeah, it's not just the players, isn't it? We said this before, Frank needs, Frank on occasions, perhaps put the wrong team out in the wrong formation. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool
1: Echo. I mean, Gav's mentioned in the formation there, Bees, and I've seen a lot of you know, criticism towards the midfield setup in particular. Yeah. You know, it, it seems like we could just keep coming back to this debate of whether to have two in midfield or three in midfield. And uh, as we're recording on Monday, I shared the clip. Uh, a little bit earlier this morning Mm -hmm. which showed like a minute of play when Everton were 2-0 down in Mm -hmm. something like the 55th minute where the centre-backs were just being forced to pass it round the back, pass it backwards to Pickford because there was just no mobility in front of them whenever Decore Decore at one point does get the ball and he does look like he's got 20 yards of space to drive forwards into but instead he turns around and passes it backwards to Michael Keane instead and it's those it's those sorts of decisions that are being made in midfield, you know, to the, to not show for the ball, to not maybe have the confidence to run forward with it. You know, it, it's maybe seeping out into the rest of the team as well, isn't it? Yeah, the um, core
0: has been a, a shadow of his uh, his form self, and I say former self, it was just the form he was showing just a few weeks ago, um, yeah. the terrific start to the season. He, he was few one of the few big plus points on the Rafa Benitez. Obviously, Rafa Benitez is short and not so sweet Everton rain will be i think viewed rather damningly um regardless of whether they stay up or not but one of the few plus points was that the way he got the corey playing earlier in the season and um, a real revelation and i know he's had a couple of injuries uh, since then but really sort of gone into his shell but you talk about the issue in midfield i think certainly in the cup games obviously they've they've had these hands tied to a certain extent hasn't he with um see Donny van der Baker's is, is cup tied, Ellie Alli can't come in either, he's cup tied and then Alan was suspended as well yesterday so it was really the, the two by default because they were the only two unless he sprung a surprise which you sort of alluded to whether Holgate or somebody have moved forward but yeah um, I would, going forward if, if they do have the personnel now for the rest of the season I go what a lot of people suggest and try and go with three. I know Gav mentioned last week he just thinks that they should, whatever he deems to be the formation he wants to go with, although 3-4-3 seems to be his his default, which again, we can question because you've got two full-backs playing basically as wide midfielders in that formation, it gives you an extra centre-back, but you've got the two men in midfield when most of us think it should be three and two full-backs basically playing as wide midfielders, so there's big question marks over that. I prefer the 4-3-3 myself, but similar to what Gav was saying, Just stick with it, and then at least the players might know their individual roles a bit better, and it might give them a degree
1: of continuity between now and and the rest of the season. Mm. I suppose the thinking, Gav, is you know, we we heard from Lampard, I think it was earlier this week, he was suggesting that Everton do need to maybe find a different way to play away from home than they do at home because of you know, I think the players do get affected by crowds, whether that be Ackleson or. At other stadiums across the country, so perhaps that was his thinking behind going to, you know, a five at the back system, trying to be more solid from the back and and push forward. But uh, were well, you maybe surprised to see Alex Obowi dropped after after the performance that he put in on Thursday? I mean, I know he put in a lot of effort in in that match, and he did play for the whole game, didn't he? But you know, I, I don't think he looked particularly tired at any point. I do think he maybe he maybe because of played on and, you know, perhaps it's easy looking back in hindsight and saying, oh, this would have been better. But, you know, with a four two three one, keeping keeping the same back line that started against Newcastle, Decore and Gomez sitting in front of them, Iwobi in front of them. You know, Iwobi is at least comfortable in possession. He likes taking the ball on the turn. He would have been able to drop back and maybe progress Everton forward a little bit more. I mean, it, 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 it's much of a muchness looking back on it now, I suppose. But you know, is 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 that something that you think Everton would be more comfortable in?
2: Yeah, about yesterday. I was even more surprised when he didn't come on the pitch when Townsend went off.
1: Well, this is this is yeah, something that I tweeted at the time. As yeah. you
2: said in your live piece yesterday. Yeah. It was just the way we were playing and pressing. It, it was made for the Ruby to come on and just carry yeah. on in that in that manner. But Gray came on as a different player. Entirely, and I think some of that, you know, some of that in, you know, intensity was lost. I, I think the starting point for me is just get don't play three center halves at the back with mm-hmm. two full backs out wide, it just doesn't work. I mean, yesterday, again, a recurring theme is if you play three at the back, then the spaces either side of the wide center halves are open. Mm-hmm. And Alisa, is just like he just hung wide, didn't he? Loads of space yesterday. No full back mark and them easy an easy out ball for, for Palace. I, I mean my starting point is for, is four at the back yeah. all day long. You know, and maybe play within you know your left back you could play Godfrey, I suppose, though that's not ideal. Mm-hmm. But starts off four at the back and then it's whether you want to play four, two, three, one, four, three, three, or four, four, two. Um I personally would think the way what we've got, I'd, I'd play 4 play four four two myself. Um but I think as a, that, that's probably the most solid of those formations. Is this with Richarlison and Calvert
1: Lewin both football? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Whichever way you do yeah, yeah. Um and and make it a tight, tight four so you're not out, outgunned in midfields. Yeah, one one of your wide men always comes over and covers or ask the second cycle to drop deep. Um, I think 4-2-3-1, we've been found out on occasions this season, where, you know, like Wolves did, where they just um, get on the outside of you, two two defensive midfielders in that space. So my starting point would be 4-4-2. Four, four, At 4-3-3, three, three, yeah, fine. If, if you got the right balance in midfield with the three, Mm. I've not had a problem with that either. It's finding that like balance, and we've got no Allen. You I know, mean, you're saying like the Allen, Decore, Van De Baek worked well done against Man City, but since then, Van Vanderbeek's been cup tired, Allen suspended for three games, and Decore's Takori's form dropped off the dropped off a cliff, hasn't it?
1: Yeah,
2: um, maybe because of some of those other reasons. So, yeah, four at the back for me, and then four three three four four two is is my. My, my two formations I'd go with it the rest of the season. Mm. We need to scrap three at the back
1: mm.
2: and two full-backs uh,
1: out wide. It just doesn't, doesn't work at all for me. Mm. Well, I think that, that that last point that Gav's made there is something that a lot of people picked up on, well, even before the half-time break, but certainly when the half-time whistle went. And I did see a lot of criticism yesterday of Frank Lampard and his in-game management not being able to pick up on those sort of issues early enough to try and change things and maybe get Everton back into the game before the game was lost is is that something that he think's fair
0: yeah um like i said 3-4-3 three, three, three seems to be his go-to formation when when he's got the tools at his disposal that's the what that's his, you know it's the formation he started with his first game and obviously they, they went well we got a big handsome victory over Han- Brentford that day went the same way at Newcastle United next game and it obviously didn't go well then and hasn't gone particularly well since then I just think three at the back have never been a comfortable formation forever and and I, I understand how it can be implemented properly but you need to have players who are used to play in that way all the time and it comes natural to them and I think this group of players predominantly for the vast majority of their careers have probably been insistent to have been a flat back or two mm-hmm. centre backs and full backs operating as orthodox full backs um, so Again, we're asking them to do something they're not particularly comfortable with. Might be one, you know, if you're going to do it, sort of nail it down to start pre season and, you know, work on on the formation and get it drilled into them exactly what the the, the roles are. Because I know that the new director of football has also uh, written a book on playing not the 3 4 3, but the Continental 3 5 2, it's called, or something like that. So, uh, Mr. Fellwell, he, he, he's obviously not adverse to three at the back himself, but like we said, it needs to be kept simple. It needs to be kept tight now between uh, the rest of the se- se- season, keep them in roles that they are comfortable with. So, yeah, I mean, ultimately the, the players are letting them down, but the, the manager needs, like you say, to be perhaps more reactive to situations or put, at least put them in a position where they're comfortable or as comfortable as they can be to mm-hmm. sort of not, so to avoid overcomplicating the situation because, yeah, it's, it's not a system that either Everton have traditionally done well with or look comfortable in, and these players probably won't have played a lot in that formation either.
1: Mm. I mean, at the top end of the pitch, Gav, there's issues as well. I mean, we can talk about the lack of service all we want, but, you know, it's another game without a goal scored for Everton. And um, to be quite frank, Richarlison never really looked like scoring. Calvert-Lewin came on at, you know, potentially a difficult time and in a difficult system, but he never looked like scoring either when he came on the pitch. How concerned are you about them two as a pair?
2: Absolutely. The other thing as well, just to finish the three, the back conversation, your middle centre half has got to be able to play out with the ball and, and be a good passer. If you yeah. if you don't have that, you, you lose you, you know you lose that. Um you lose some of the advantages of it. Um yeah, but this is to do with the midfield as well, isn't it?
1: Hmm.
2: You no, know, chances created, creativity. You know very very limited um the only person who looked like a threat yesterday was Gray. when he came on he had a couple of couple of shots um richarlison once again proven to me the most um when you talk about marginal gains the most important thing in football is at least you have one you get your players to be able to kick with both feet that chance of the first half was just waiting for it to be leathered with his left foot wasn't it yeah you know, and, and I'm amazed in football how players at the top end of the scale can't, can't kick. You know, so some of them have a, have a real weakness on their weaker side. And I think that's just gen- not talking about Richarlison, but just generally with all footballers. Yeah. you'll know, Be able to use your weaker foot when, when it's needed. And that was perfectly summed up yesterday. Yeah, so... He, 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 I mean, he tries with Charleston, but some of his bad habits have sort of returned, haven't he, over the last couple of games of going to ground too easily, appearing to have a major club on with someone and everyone. Um, yeah, and I, I think Cavalum's a finisher. He's not a creator and finisher. So it has shown up some of the limitations of our forward players, but I think they could legitimately say that actually... How many assists are we going to get off to Corey and Gomez and Gordon during the, during the game? And our full-backs aren't exactly going to fly forward and create opportunities from out wide. It's is mm. a bit difficult when you've got, sorry, wing-backs, when you've got a you know, right-footed left wing-back. So, yeah, it, uh, worried about up front, obviously. There's, is our leading goal scorer, is it, in the league, is it, Richard? Is Good it anything. four and five? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's just, you, yeah.
1: you've got
2: serious problems at this stage of the season when your leading goal scorer has got five, isn't it? Or four,
1: yeah.
2: And, um, yeah, I, I, strikers up front, definitely. Calvert, spoke about, I'd no saying, nothing to add there. But some of it is the, the lack of creativity. Well, a lot of it is the lack of creativity in the rest of the team, isn't it? And our, I mean, our dead ball usage is as summed up in, like, you know the games that sort of, they see things that sort of summed up games yesterday. When we had that good opportunity, the free kick from our wide right into the nice so we had all, all our centre halves up the, up the pitch. And Gordon, for some reason, just blasts it.
1: Drilled it like chest. Into, into the
2: middle of their defence. Yeah. We didn't play it out. We win the ball back. Pass it back to Pickford. We then blast the ball into the stands yeah you know ten seconds after Gordon just blasted it into the uh, the middle of the defense from a, a great position. Mm. So yeah, forwards definitely but a lot of it's just to do with everything we've else we have said previously on on the pod, lack mm. of formation, lack of you know right formation, lack of creativity. I wouldn't just blame the forwards for for non-scoring goals. The Royal Blue podcast from the Liverpool Echo.
1: I mean, we've we've criticised you know the defenders and the midfielders for not using the ball properly, but you know it was apparent with the forwards as well yesterday, wasn't it? And, you know, it misplaced passes from Richarlison, I think, broke down a few moves, uh, especially in the, in the build-up yeah. to the uh, as a first goal when he had that mad back heel, which which yeah. and, which led to absolutely nothing. That was that was really. It was really stupid. Uh, Gordon gave the ball away too many times. Demarley Gray gave it away too many times. I think, you know, ironically, Andros Townsend was the only one who didn't really do that. Jordan is uh, open a minute on the pitch, but yeah, it, it it is it is just a real problem, isn't it? You know, deci- decision making when Everton have got possession seems to be wrong just all over the squad. I don't know whether it's a lack of confidence or whether they're just scared to. Use the ball in the right way, but they just seem to be taking either the safe options throughout, or you know, if you're Mason Holgate, for example, you're trying 50 yard Hollywood passes that just make it maybe 15% of the time, if that.
0: Yeah, like I said, decision making, whether it's being over ambitious, like you say, or under ambitious, and that, um, either way, it's, it's not good, it's 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 concerning. I think there's issues all over the pitch, said there's defence goals. Midfield can't get themselves getting swamped or, you know, Decore, not making those runs like he was And then up front. He said no sort of cutting edge in the final third or any quality of the deliveries. It's another thing um, Michael Ball was saying. um, He thinks that given this chronic decision-making, which is afflicting the team at the moment and they just can't seem to sort of dominate anybody, he thinks set-pieces could be a real crucial um weapon forever in between now and the season and he's concerned that they're not been utilizing that um enough because as we know this has got such a soft center when it comes to defending their own set pieces but even worse at the other end they're not making them count there. either there's a ball that hits the first man or there's a strange ball that they do to the back post and it overhits it but yeah it, it, it it's a concern that there's so many Areas, but it's not like we can just say, "Oh well, the defence is bad," or "Well, the midfield is bad," or the attack is bad. Everybody's out of form at the moment, and it, it's an absolute toxic combination. Yeah. It, it's all the, the the chickens have come home to a roost, and you take out loan twenty one goals last season hasn't scored since August. Now I know I was obviously out for most of the first half of the season but you know like I think it was mentioned yesterday wasn't it on the train back you know if only he'd scored that penalty against Brighton would yeah. that have given him the confidence to have gone on a run now Richarlison I mean he's not a player who you say lacks confidence but what's that is he's one goal in the Premier League or something in three months or whatever yeah. Whatever it is it's it's, it's it's not enough you know this is a player who's hit double figures in previous of his first two seasons I think at Everton and those numbers have just totally Dropped off. Um, there's a piece I did in my analysis. It's ironic, really, with um, Calvert Lewin and Rasharlison. If they don't get the goals between now and the end of the season, you know, if Everton go down, could they be on, on the way out of Everton? Well, if they did go down, if if Everton are relegated, you imagine there'll be a lot of big players would be on the way out. But mm. you know, if 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 they're failures between now and the end of the season, I know it was a cup game again yesterday, but. It was an opportunity for both of them to get back on the score sheet and build up that confidence between now and the end end of May for the Premier League running. If the strikers don't deliver between now and the end of the season, that could have... And then they they leave Everton on the back of it. I mean, how cruel and how ironic would that be that, that their failures led to these big moves, whereas if they do do the business, there'd be an opportunity for them to stay, so... Mm. I, I suppose that goes for all the players but particularly you know as the, as the club's two most valuable saleable assets um they'd certainly be in, in the spotlight we keep hearing you know reports from elsewhere of various teams who may or may not be interested in in them but yeah it's it certainly it certainly sort of uh, struck a chord with me yesterday when when all those chance either chances were going begging or chances weren't being created. thinking well i don't know you could say you could save yourselves and save the team here but if you don't well I'd even bothered to just move on. I don't know.
2: Sorry, mm. can, uh, can I, sorry, Gav, can I yeah, just yeah. say? I, just, I know you want to move, but decision making, poor decision making applies. There's a decision made, to be made, isn't it? That you've got now, option yeah. A and you've got option yeah. B, and you go to option B when you should have gone to option A, shouldn't you? you know a player is better placed that you didn't pass to. Our problem is, and you, this your, your analysis of the, the back passes is that there is no option there to have. Mm. I mean more, 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 often than not. For us, there's not poor decision making. Is there's no decision to be made because there's no option there, obvious option there to use. And, and that,
1: that makes that, it so easy to defend not, against
2: the central league. And further up the pitch, that happens. And I think um, you know there's there's two things there, isn't it? Poor decision making when there is an option, but not having a decision to make because there are no options there at all for you. And mm. I think, you know, more often than not, it's the it's the latter, isn't it? At the moment. Mm. And that's really frustrating.
1: Yeah. Well, go, going back to it uh, going back to the comments about set pieces there, I think Michael Ball's right that set pieces can be can be a major factor for Everton over the course of the rest of the season and I did see a funny tweet yesterday saying Everton are only so bad at defending set pieces because in training, the defending Everton set pieces, yeah. which I which think is <laughs> yeah, it's quite, it's quite funny, yeah, quite, yeah, spot, yeah. quite spot on to be honest. I mean, Gav, we're, well, we're obviously entering an international break now. A couple of players are going off uh, and representing their countries, but the majority of players are staying at Finch Farm, whether they're available or not through injury or illness is uh, another point, I suppose. But... something like set pieces be near the top of your list if you're frank lampard uh towards the start of this week
2: yeah it's a long list by the way Um, yeah
1: yeah yeah. absolutely
2: (laughs) (laughs) just just defending crosses full stop i mean Mm. it was like the their corner that they scored from yesterday it was a bit like the goal that we conceded against wolves which wasn't open play wasn't it when it's sort of Mm. similar Area of the pitch, I be it. it was a right footed, the ball was almost right footed. But in that that Wolves game, I think it was Godfrey sort of moved out of position, didn't he? And yesterday, I think the Charleston did, and there was two, two, a couple of others who were a bit, bit slow to react. So yeah, basic stuff. If this is part of the part of the thing when we said about Lampard, about you can't change mentalities, but you can change stuff within the way the teams. Formation and set up to at least get players sort of on on onto um, areas that more familiar that more familiar with on the pitch and defending set pieces is such an obvious you know place to start isn't it there because it's basic stuff and it's something that we've been let down with for well several years now isn't it It's not it predates Benitez coming to the club and I think it probably predates. Ancelotti come in the club, you know, Silver's teams weren't, weren't great, really defender set pieces. There's a common thread there. It's pretty much the same central defenders who are uh, being involved. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. Something that you need to eradicate that though. Don't mean that as soon as we see, (laughs) can see the corner, (laughs) probably going to score here, lads, you know? So yeah, definitely, definitely Mm -hmm. something that should be worked on. um, And players told to be more disciplined for a start. Don't leave Mm. the positions.
1: Yeah, agree. And I suppose like being more disciplined kind of plays into don't be giving silly free kicks away on the uh, on the edge of the box, which I think you know Everton have fallen foul of a couple of times this season. But these, I suppose, it's like a general question. But you know, if you were Frank Lampard at the start of this week after after that performance, what would be? Top of your agenda to be working on with your squad. I mean, as Gav says, it's obviously a very long list at the minute. Yeah. But you know what? What would what would you be looking to prioritise? Well, as we say, they they obviously did the set
0: pieces because I mean, they showed in that great home win against um, Leeds United. They they pulled out a great um, corner kick routine which which they scored yeah. from. So you know, it's obviously in the locker, and obviously maybe you can't keep repeating that one. People yeah. aren't going to keep falling for it. Um, but well, hopefully there's a few different things like that, bits and pieces they could work on. and will going you say at the other end as well. But, yeah, on on, on the formation, as I said, both think Gav and I have the same mind to scrap this free, free at the back. Um, I don't know. It does seem to be his preferred formation, but whether he can go back to that next season, to we'll wait and see if he's still there. We'll see what division Everton are in. Um, but, um, yeah, for now, yeah. Start working on on, on a, a flat back tour and having that that understanding um, of the whatever formation he does want to go with, just drilling that into that into the players and getting that sort of understanding that collect sort of that collective understanding of wh- what their roles are and what they need to be doing because they all need to be singing from the, the same hymn sheet. It's like when they come back, they got two huge away fixtures. To, to start with um, before they even get them at home game with Man United. So, see, the Burnley one, uh, Burnley and Watford away, I mean, they're two of the games that really sort of stand out for me. People are talking about the big teams that have got to face between now and the end of the season, but I suppose those sort of games take care of themselves. It's it's, it's these two, because obviously it's the classic, isn't it? Six-pointer, not only could it stop Everton from getting points, the opposition could get them, whereas if you beat them, you move further away so yeah just have sort of working not just on the set pieces at both ends of the pitch but just on a formation <clears throat> preferably able to flat back four and get the understanding everybody sort of knows what their role should be within that formation
1: mm-hmm. well i think that's enough depressing <laughs> everton talk for me for one Monday, <laughs> <laughs> to be quite honest mm. uh yeah i think that's all we've got time for we'll be back a little bit uh a little bit later on in the week. I know it's the international break, so we've got no game to preview, but I'm sure there'll be lots of issues that we can discuss a little bit later on in the week. I hope this has proven cathartic for some of you to listen to and for you lads to, uh, to talk about. But uh, yeah, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you very much for listening. This has been the Royal Blue Podcast.
0: You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.